Hey mates, welcome to another episode of Hughes Interviews. I'm here with a very special guest, Tim Page, who has uh, done not only musicals and theatre, but a bit of TV and film too, and he's got a very exciting gig with the Pop-Up Globe coming up. Uh, welcome, Tim. Hello, thank you for having me. <laughs> My absolute pleasure. It was very difficult to get on to Tim. I uh, have not seen him in a long time. Mm. Um, but here he is, so thanks for coming in. Ah, anytime. Now, uh, Tim, before we get into the exciting Pop-Up Globe news, yeah. uh, let's start at the beginning. So wow, okay. You're, right. a, you're a Tassie boy. Mm. Um, so I'm guessing you started acting at a young age in Tassie? Yeah, that's right. Uh, for everyone listening, um, most people would think that I am a true Tasmanian, but it's a bit of a furphy. I was actually <laughs> born in New South Wales. You're a liar. Da, da, da. I'm, Big I'm one. upset. Yeah, I know. Um, but mum and dad relocated uh, to Tassie when I was three and my sister was two. And so, yeah, definitely Tassie uh, bread. Um, not inbred, just bread. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, changing up the gene pool, it's always good. Get, a, um, get an influx of some new genes in yeah, there. Yeah, 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 they appreciate it. Um, and so <laughs> I just got engaged to a Tasmanian, so, you know, that's good. I'm Keeping it kind of in the family then. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, so I started with the Human Valley Theatre Company, which is still running. Uh, it's their, I think it's their 35th anniversary this uh-huh. year, and they wanted me to go down and um, perform down there, because they've got, they've got actually got quite a, an amazing sort of alumni. Mm. Um, just started as a community-based uh, theatre group, and then they've had, oh yeah, the likes of um, Lisa Gormley, who, you know, has done heaps of, heaps of TV and film, um, Bonnie Sven as well, who did some uh, three years on Home and Away, and uh, was in a few other TV shows, Channel 7, Channel, Channel 10 as well. Um, Robert Mallet, who is big music... Th- like, we all went... Ben Van Tienen, who is conducting on the West End at the moment. Oh, wow. We all went through pretty much at the same time. We all did shows together through the Hugh and Valley Theatre Company. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how old were you when you got into that company? Oh, gee, eight? Wow. Yeah, eight, yeah. nine, ten, and then, yeah, just sort of kept doing shows with them mm. um, for a few years, so... So is this uh, something that you wanted to do or did your parents push you into this? N- no, it was definitely something our parents were keen for both of us to do, uh, my sister and I. Um, mum comes from a dance background. Um, my uh, grandma used to be a, a ballroom dance teacher. Oh, and wow. So mum, yeah, mum used to um, uh, dance and... Uh, yeah, still he's a great dancer. Um, and my dad is a songwriter, so he... Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and he's been doing that pretty much his whole life. Um, Very good so, creative stock then. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And it wasn't ever something that they forced us to do. It was just an opportunity that they sort of put in front of us and then said, how do you feel about it? And yeah, it was something that really resonated with me and, and Scarlett as well. Um, but then I just sort of kept... I wouldn't say that it was super obvious that I wanted to do it right from the get-go, uh, but yeah, it was something that was always sitting there, kind of tapping me on the shoulder when anything else had come up. So yeah. Hmm. And so, what are some of the shows you did, and any fun roles you got to play? <laughs> uh, uh, the the but uh, so I did, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> Oliver was one of the shows that we did, and I understudied um, Oliver. Uh, that was probably the first first sort of one that I did um, that was a known show. But um, the reason I'm laughing is 
the best titled show that I've ever been a part of. Um, uh, it was called Mr. Ugg and the Bionic Budgie. And it was just insane. And I remember they had this really ambitious um, opening <laughs> where they tried to get, I think it was something like, oh, maybe 12, eight-year-olds to do a essentially a 20 minute like kind of monologue broken up between the two of us it was probably wasn't 20 minutes it was like 12 minutes but they gave all of us like little chunks of lines and that was the opening to the show it was meant to be this like revolutionary piece of kids theater and it just yeah it just didn't happen <laughs> so you know that was my recollection of it anyway. What could have happened was it could have been, you know, maybe two, like two lines each and all of these kids. I just remember us sitting on stage and everyone looking around going, it's your line. <laughs> it was my line, actually. I dropped the ball. But anyway. Oh, no. Yeah, oh, so yeah. Oliver was probably the... Um, the most well-known. Mo- yeah, yeah, the most well-known of those shows. Um, <laughs> and that was the one I think that really... Um, not not ragging on Mr. Mr. Ugg and the Bionic Budgie, but I think Oliver, the music and probably the dialogue and everything around it was was the one that actually made me go, oh, this mm. is this is you know more than just um, uh, having fun and sort of mucking around. That's the one that I was like, oh, it's got a bit of you know, there's something here. Yeah. Mm. Great. Mm. Okay. Um, well, so I'm guessing you, you kept doing shows mm-hmm. through school and high yep. school and all yeah. that. And then, so when did you decide to do some training uh, for it? Well, it was an interesting sort of, um, uh, I guess, thing that happened. I decided I didn't want to go straight into uni. So, and I was also a year younger than um, everyone in my grade. So, just because of the way that the schooling worked when we got there and my age bracket, I got put up. Um, so, I decided to take a year off and just sort of work a bit of a gap year kind of thing I didn't travel um I drank a heap of goon um, <laughs> yeah and juice goon and juice yeah heaps and heaps and heaps got very well acquainted with uh pretty Lexia um so so that was good uh, oh, really, dry white yeah yeah it was really yeah not much residual sugar um <laughs> but uh yeah no so I, I that's how I used my gap year mm-hmm. um moved I moved out of home I thought I was so cool I moved out of home and we had the party house and like every week we had um someone's 18th birthday and and it was nuts and we had the police there a lot a lot of theft at that house it was great that was good but um uh, no so I had that bit of a year off and then my parents said to me look mate you know what are you gonna what are you gonna do like you need to do something Hmm. and and I agreed um it was a fun year but I kind of blew out I only really lasted out of home I think three or four months and then moved back in with mum and dad um and then they encouraged me it was the first year that the Tasmanian Conservatorium ran their music theatre course Mm. um, and they encouraged me to audition for that Uh, so I did and yeah got in and it was wonderful we had a great little group there are only 14 of us but I think it was 14 Um, but we gelled really well um, and yeah had some wonderful teachers Uh, Robert Jarman who's now running Blue Cow Theatre with John X um, who's in The Wizard of Oz. Oh, lovely uh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Such a nice bloke. And Jeff Mickle. Um, there's a three of them, and Jeff's originally from the States. And they've created this incredible company called Blue Cow down in Hobart, um, which I've since gone back and done done a show with them. Um, but, uh, yeah, so Robert was our, our teacher there and probably had the biggest influence on me in terms of... I loved music theatre. I always knew that I wanted to um, do that. But Robert kind of, I guess, opened the door for you know drama really um and and sort of straight 
um, uh, shows. Um, I had a wonderful teacher at Rosny College as well, um, Bill Powell, who did the same thing. He introduced me to, to sort of Shakespeare. Um, but then I kept doing sort of musicals and stuff, and I was like, ah, I want to do musicals, I want to do musicals. And um, yeah, uh, then so I did the year at the con in Tassie. Uh, had a ball, an mm. absolute ball. But at the end of that, so it was a one-year course. Oh, it was a three-year course. Three-year course. Mm. And so then at the end of... Getting towards the end of that first year, I um, had some other mates who had gone to study at, you know, um, Deakin, VCA, NIDA, WAPA, that kind of thing. And they were all going, mate, you know, you should, you should audition. I was like, nah, I'm pretty happy. This is fun. You know, I'm enjoying it. And they're like, no, nah, just throw your hat in the ring and see how you go. Um, so I decided to audition for the music theatre course at WAPA mm-hmm. um, and the straight acting courses at BCA and uh, NIDA. Um, kind of shows how old I am that the music theatre course didn't really sort of exist at BCA or it was just in its fledgling stage. It would have been, yeah, that, the, the one or two years. Exactly, yeah, yeah. And I was then. kind of like, I need a degree to be an actor, which, <laughs> great, yeah, of course. Yeah, that's definitely we'll get to true. That, we'll, we'll get to that later. Um, but, uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so auditioned for all three, um, got shortlisted for... NIDA, um, WAPA were interested but then said I need to go and do some more dance training and I was like okay cool um, that's that's an option I can go and do dance for a year and then come back and audition again um, and then VCA said yes uh, we'll take you so at 19 I thought oh, shit alright that's that's cool um, better go and do that I'm going to be super famous <laughs> um, and then yeah and then went, went to the Victorian College of the Arts studying the Bachelor of Dramatic Art Amazing. Talk yeah. to me about that one. I know the course has changed quite drastically since then. It was a turbulent time, to say the least. Like yeah. we, we, so I started, yeah, as, when I was 19. I turned 20 that year in April. Um, but it was it was pretty rock and roll. We had Lindy Davies for one year, and then it, that was the Melbourne Uni takeover year. Um, oh, right. Yeah, so we were the first... I guess, yeah, we, we saw the changes, you know, from first to second year. Um, a lot of stuff happened, a lot of stuff happened. Um, you know, you used to be able to get a rehearsal space uh, without really doing much apart from leaving the front office. No, but then it was a, like you had to go onto the booking site and book the thing and then you'd have, you know, a staff member from Uni of Melbourne or security or whatever saying, no, you have to leave now. And then, the, like, it was a really interesting... It just Bureaucratic shift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was, a, that was an interesting sort of time. Um, a lot of our um, uh, individual sort of skills-based teachers, say for a sh- our Shakespeare model and stuff like that, we uh, it changed. Uh, so we were expecting to have one person and then we didn't and we ended up watching the Barton tapes for a week. We were sitting down, which is great, you know, but in lieu of actually doing anything, mm. um, they had to source another teacher. So we had a week's worth of class for our Shakespeare component where we were just sitting down watching videos. And for drama school, we kind of all were a bit like, oh, wow. I kind of want to be doing practical things. E- exactly, yeah. exactly. You know, yeah. and I mean, the Barton tapes are amazing and I find them so interesting to sit down and watch now, but it, mm. we really were, you know, um, wanting, itching to, to get into something practical um so there was a lot of stuff like that that happened um there was also a big shake up in terms of uh staff and um uh just the way the school was run um so things we were used to in first year completely changed for the second year not all for 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 the worst we had some you know uh some good changes but um it was just a big there was a lot of 
bureaucracy and the, and the teachers were dealing with that a lot. So I think it probably didn't lend them enough headspace, really, if I'm honest, to do the best job with us. Right. That's that's kind but of I mean, how I, yeah, that's, that's probably my take the timing, on. I guess. Unfortunately. Exactly. Unfortunately, so you know, um, I've got some really fond memories of there, but also some chaotic memories. <laughs> um, to be a hundred percent honest, I don't know if it was the right choice for me. Mm. At like that training and that age, I think was probably the wrong choice for a young Tasmanian um, kid who really essentially wanted to do music theatre. Um, but, you know, you, you do what you do. And it taught me a really important lesson. A lot of people say when I say this that it, it sounds negative, but I really don't mean it in that respect. It taught me the way that I didn't want to work. Mm. And I feel, I feel like well, learning... that's a very important lesson. Well, I, yeah. I feel like learning that at, at sort of 21, because um, I left it... I failed acting at the end of second year and they offered me to repeat and I went back and repeated for about two months and it was driving me insane so I left. Um, <laughs> it was like I just had to get out. Um, I kind of feel, feel like I got to the point where I got everything that I needed as well. Um, so yeah, I feel like learning that at 21 and having that, that, that grounding of, no, okay, that's not the way that I want to do things. Um, was a really cool thing to learn and it made me really resilient when I got out. Oh god, yeah, yeah that you know, would help. Yeah, <laughs> help I, I like not getting jobs or whatever, mm. having just failed drum school, which I thought was gonna turn me into like, I don't know, whoever. Um oh god, people that I idolized idolised at that time, like Robert Downey Jr., Hugh Jackman, like, you know, these great actors, but you know, so versatile in terms of their um Hugo Weaving, um, those kind of people. That's where I thought I was headed. But then to get that wake-up call at 22 to sort of be like, ooh, this might be a little bit tougher than what I, what I think it's going to be was, was fantastic. It mm. was a really, yeah, it was a really great eye-opening sort of thing. Great. Made me hungry too. Mm. And yeah, I ended up, by the time I... Um, I got a couple of jobs straight out of drama school and, um, yeah, then just... I remember I was the first person in my year to sign with an agent um, uh, or two of us signed about the same time another girl um, who'd been kicked out as well we were like no nah, we're doing it and so yeah went out and got agents and great yeah it was it was kind of cool and and um, yeah it just made me a bit more tenacious I think so um, is this where you you mentioned um, Shakespeare earlier so I'll take that mm. and jump on it uh, now a lot of your work has been involved with Shakespeare heaps um, so was it in, back in Tassie when you started Shakespeare that you loved it or did you develop it throughout BCA or was it something you got up uh, and fell in love with more afterwards I think I really loved yeah the teacher I had at Rosny Bill he um, really instilled the how universal the stories were hmm. and I think that's something that appealed to me um, I mean I know yeah. it sounds pretty simplistic but getting to tell stories is such a wonderful thing um, and I absolutely love it um, and so hearing that and, and getting introduced to this guy that his stories were still being told you know 400 years later it just blew my mind mm. I, I kind of went wow okay this 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 guy must be onto something um so you know I got the opportunity to do a little bit of Hamlet in our um Shakespeare showing that we did for the school and family and friends and all that kind of stuff I did a little bit of Hamlet a little bit of Romeo and I can't remember what the other one was but it just it uh oh much ado bit of Claudio um and so it that made me 
I don't know. It just it just lit a little bit of a fire. Mm. So when we got to VC, well, when I got to VCA, and and we had a great teacher, uh, Luciana Matucci. Um, what and a name! What a name! Mm. Yeah, such a such a great guy too. One wonderful human. Um, and he really knew his stuff too. He the way he spoke about it um, was very inspiring to me. Um, these ideas that are not only bigger than yourself, but that are that resonate with all of humanity mm. and, and also are sort of almost, you know, bigger than that, these these universal ideas. Um, and, yeah, Luch really... That's when I started to really gear up. Um, and Luch said to me as well... He sort of dropped in. I think he could tell that I was a, a music theatre nerd. And he sort of dropped in that how musical... Shakespeare was and the musicality within that language mm. and just yeah, the pentameter t- totally yeah. and it wasn't anything that I'd really clocked onto before and so when when that penny dropped I went oh shit oh yeah okay this is this is you know it sounds funny but I always look at and I'm sure there were people that will absolutely cringe at this but um <laughs> Shakespeare was kind of like you know the, the music theatre of drama like I feel there's a big crossover there mm. um you know um I love both of them um, mm. a lot. And, yeah, I just feel like... And I often feel like a lot of music theatre performers have an in, a, a distinct advantage when they're coming into, into Shakespeare. We studied it in the music theatre course of VCA, mm. a full, full year of just Shakespeare class. And, yeah. Uh, it was my teacher's passion for it that, like, really made me love it. Yeah, great. she was so clearly able to explain why it was important that it just clicked with me. And I was like... Shit, I love this. It's yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So smart. So clever. So engaging. Who was your teacher? Uh, Margot Fenley. Oh, amazing. Yeah, so there you go. Like, when you have someone with that amount of passion, mm. um, it, it, yeah, you can't help but be inspired. I couldn't, anyway. So. Exactly, yeah. Mm. It's just, I t- yeah, well, I mean, it was, it was such an important part of our acting, you know, uh, lessons, I guess, that in the music theatre course made it very important. Well, I think the, the, the interesting thing about Shakespeare is that, you know, and music theatre, is that when people get into heightened emotions in Shakespeare and in life, well, I mean, Shakespeare was a genius because he, he really tapped into it that people generally start to speak, they move towards an iambic pentameter mm. when they're becoming emotional. Um, and so, yeah, people say, oh, it's an unnatural way of speaking, but it just isn't, you know. Like, you, people really move towards that. They've got a set way of speaking, especially when they become emotional and get into those heightened mm. emotional states. And it's the same thing with music theatre. When you can't talk anymore, people burst into song, exactly, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's a really... I, find, I think there's a lot mm. of crossover. I just love that all the direction you need is in the text. Yeah. Like the, when he breaks this, when he breaks up the pentameter, it's for a very important reason. It's not just there to yeah. to fuck around with. It's, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That, that kind of stuff doing. really, really resonated with me. I thought it's it was incredible. fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, let's go on with that uh, idea of musical theatre and uh, yep. Shakespeare crossing over. You've done a fair few Sondheim shows. Yes. Would you consider him the Shakespeare of musicals? I think so. I mm. think so. He's probably. Um, it, there are so many parallels. I mean, he just really... Uh, <laughs> I think the, one of the big things about Sondheim and Shakespeare is that people either love them or hate them. And, you know, they think there's some magic key to understanding it. And, you know, um, mm. unfortunately, I think um, for both 
of those men. Uh, they get put on a pedestal uh, a lot. Uh, I, I definitely find that um, in Australia, certainly, um, that Shakespeare isn't really... I, I guess, in a sense, performed for the masses. It mm. sort of seems like it's more of a niche kind yeah, of yeah, which is just so insane, so especially with the stories. I mm. mean, the stories are, are ridiculous. Like Much Ado About Nothing is an insane story. It is so weirdly fantastical that it just mm. you know, it's it is like an episode of Friends. Yeah, it's like the original sitcom and Midsummer Night's Dream. I did that earlier in the year. It's so silly and questionable in some parts when you're like oh that's not okay but yeah, yeah. so much fun to perform as yeah well. absolutely you know um and so when i see that happening to to shakespeare again in the same way that it happens to sondheim mm. uh, i mean you've got fantastic companies um you know like watch this um that are really shifting i think especially in melbourne the um uh notion of what sondheim has to be and mm. who can watch it and and all that kind of stuff mm. you know and i mean um, Sonia Suarez is doing an incredible job of, um, uh, fl- you know, um, flying that flag and, and making it... Um, um, accessible. Accessible, thank you, and approachable and, and not scary. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that's... Mm. I would say so. I mean, I think if I had to... I mean, Shakespeare sh- did a lot of showing off, um, a lot. I think Sondheim does too. Mm. Um, yeah, you know... Um, People often ask as well if if I think that everything that Shakespeare wrote was genius. Then no is the answer to that. Would be the same with Sondheim. I don't think mm. everything that he's ever written is you know absolutely incredible. But um, but their peaks are so high. They're so high, mm. and um, they really understood the human condition. And I think that is what mm. um, makes both of them uh, so vital mm. uh, to storytelling. Well, and from an acting perspective, another thing I love about the two of them is just like all of the direction that you need is in Shakespeare's way of writing the the play, your acting's done if you just sing the right notes mm. for Sondheim. Yeah, yeah, you don't have yeah. To, like, you could be completely unable to act, but if you sing all the right notes as he's written them, there's some incredible meaning behind that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The specificity that he, that he works with is... is just insane absolutely mm. insane so yeah 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 mm. well, we just had a bit of a nerd out there but I think it was essential um, definite nerd out and sorry seeing sorry, as I said business. essential so that was <laughs> hey. another big part of your uh, your Shakespeare uh, talk to me a bit about uh, essential theatre and what they do with Shakespeare uh, so essential theatre uh, is run by Sophie Lampel and Amanda Labonte um, two of the most tenacious women in Australian uh, independent theatre. Uh, absolutely. I mean, they've been running the company now for 16, 17 years. They tour uh, eight to ten actors around Australia and New Zealand um, over summer performing uh, different Shakespearean plays um, in wineries. Um which to me, when I first got the opportunity to audition for them, I love wine and I love Shakespeare. <laughs> so yeah, two great oh. parts of it. <laughs> and also, I mean, the King's players in the day would have been rocking around, kicking sozzled. Oh yeah. yeah, and they would have had barn doors that they probably would have put down on the ground, and that would have been their stage, and that's how they would have performed. And knowing Shakespeare in the Vines, Essential Theatre, um, knowing that you would be performing in the Vines to an audience of people sitting there 
um, drinking wine that have come to hear these incredible stories. So Romeo and Juliet was the first one for me. Uh, and I had never experienced theatre like that, um, where you, you, you're a metre and a half in front of the audience and you've mm. got three to 400 people there at each show and you can see them and they can see you <laughs> and they're drinking and they're eating cheese and... You know, you're doing these. I played Ben Folio in Paris, um, oh, which which was such an intense double because there's so many moments, so many on stage changes. Yeah. Or I'd say one line, and I'd have to come back on and do the next scene as a different character straight oh, away. God. You know, that kind of stuff. So um, that that really was when I went, oh, this is great. This mm. is something that I want to do for a while. Um, mm. And. The, the makeup of the cast as well was just, you know, I mean, such a great training ground. We had a girl called Imogen Sage. I think she was the youngest. She's gone on now to um, study in London. But um, Amy played Juliet. And then we had, you know, actors all was the way. Was this one with George was Romeo? Uh, no. no. Um, that was uh, actually the next... Like so, they sort of go in five to six year. Mm-hmm. That's sort of showing how old I am. But um, yeah, so I was in the in the one before. You're really earning your salt and pepper there. Yeah, oh mate, absolutely. <laughs> and so uh, yeah, so um, then we had you know a- actors it, from an age range from Immy, who I think was 18 maybe when she did that, and mm. I don't know how old Don would have been at that time. I think he turned 60. So Don Bridges. Um, mm. You know, people say Victorian acting legend, but definitely an Australian national treasure. Um, he To get the opportunity to go on the road with someone who understands text um, as much as... I mean, Sophie, uh, Sophie wasn't in the show that year. She, she was um, pregnant, but Amanda was. Um, and to get to work with someone like Amanda and Don, who had so much knowledge, um, getting to work with both of them as a young, sort of, you know, fresh out-of-school kind of guy was just blew my mind and and to be in the outdoors experiencing I mean sure it would have been a lot hotter than what the guys were dealing with in London but um but you know 40 degree days and yeah it was pretty brutal but what a great training ground so I've ended up doing five shows for those amazing that company yeah and the last one I did I um tour managed um and got to revisit Claudio um in in Much Ado which was just wonderful. Really pushed me. I mean, he's, a, he's an interesting character, but yeah. Amazing. So, staying in the Shakespeare vein, yes, uh, yes, yes. Pop Up Globe came. Yeah. And uh, you understudied just about everyone and then uh, moved on to <laughs> the New Zealand season where you were a, a, an assistant director. Uh, yeah. So, I guess, I guess the precursor to that um, was I did a little bit of study at. Um, oh, yeah, of course, the, um, the, the Globe uh, Actors Fellowship. Yeah, yeah, in, in, um, in London. Uh, so, that was 2013, and that was, that was a. When I auditioned for that and got in, I sort of thought, oh, I didn't really know what I was in for. It was about three, three and a half, four week course um, where we spent six days a week working with the Globe practitioners, the masters, they sort of call them, and um, which they absolutely were. that title. Oh, yeah. And um, they... That was, that's when it changed for me in terms of, I guess, wanting to take it a bit more seriously. Um, I always try and take the work seriously, but not not myself. Um, you know, I think that's what that that's what the U- UK really taught me as well. They had a great vibe around it. Um, but we were working with 
you know, Glenn McDonald, the movement teacher there, who had pretty much been instrumental um, in getting getting the globe actually built, um, and you know, Giles Block, um, who is just the most incredible um, uh, person when it comes to uh, Shakespeare's text. Um, his thoughts on how how to say the meter and and how it should be broken down are really, I think, revolutionary. Um, you know, and he he is very. Uh, demure Englishman and um, he said oh no I must go um, I've got another appointment and um, someone sort of plucked up the courage to ask him where he was going and at that time there was a production of Much Ado um, I can't remember which theatre but it was um, Vanessa Redgrave and James L. Jones and he was going off to give them a text lesson oh. and so <laughs> we were all like oh shit oh yeah exactly talk like about a nerd out we had a, a voice teacher at, at uni um, we were all sharing what we got up to in between first and second year. And then she was like, well, I had a pretty fun uh, summer. I was over in New Zealand uh, uh, helping dialect uh, on this film that was starring Christopher Pine and oh. Tuita Ejiofor and Margot Robbie, of course, who I'm the personal uh, voice coach for. And we were just sitting there going, what? And then she pulls out this photo of them all drinking at a bar. Oh, wow. <laughs> we were like, oh, my God, you're incredible. That's and and I'm across an Owen. Of course, I was yeah. going to say, it had to be. Had to be. Oh, she's wonderful. Yeah, I had her yeah. at PCA too. Mm. Just, just, you know. Oh, and she actually directed for Essential Theatre. She directed a couple of the shows um, mm. that I did, and and you know, having someone who has Anna's vocal knowledge it's as a director insane. as well, just yeah. you know, you're in good hands. Mm. Um, so yeah, did the fellowship, had a great time. Then the Pop Up Globe was uh, coming, and it had the. David Lawrence, who I'd done the fellowship with, he was head of production at that stage. Uh, Bubbles Hall, um, who was one, of, who was our company manager uh, at at Globe London, she was coming over to SM one of the shows, um, and that's pretty much all I needed to know about it for me to want to try and get on board. Mm. Um, also, the idea of a reconstruction of Shakespeare's Globe Theatre performing, you know, um, in, in yeah. you know, not always traditional costume, but, but often, um, th- that made me really geek out hard. Um, and uh, yeah, so the first season didn't line up. I, I booked another gig. Um, season two, again, I ended up getting another sort of job around it, a bit of uh, like a couple of um, uh, sort of little TV spots and that kind of thing. Um, and then I did a little film as well. So it was kind of, just wasn't the right time. But then um, they announced they were coming to Melbourne um, and they wanted somebody, well, they needed five actors for a show that was being commissioned for Melbourne uh, called Around the Globe in 60 Minutes, a new show um, for year for age five and up to, mm. to get people engaged with Shakespeare and, and um, you know a little sort of fun story um, around what it was like living in those days and it was actually followed Shakespeare's illegitimate son William Davenant um, that was you know um, that was a great little device and um, and uh, written by Tom Malibern who directed As You Like It and um, directed by John Walton um, a theatre maker from Bristol and um so I knew there were five roles going in that, and there was only one in my age bracket. Bracket, yeah. and I was like, ugh. And they're like, would love to be able to play as many musical instruments as possible. I'm like, all right, no, it's please. not going to be me, <laughs> um, unless they want someone to play the tambourine or something like that. Mm. So you know, um, or play, play play them poorly but with great gusto. Exactly, I was definitely willing to do that. So I was mm. like trying to learn songs on the ukulele to accompany myself, and it was just terrible. But anyway. Um, 
so I went in, did the audition, met Miles Gregory, um, who is the uh, artistic director and um, co-founder of the Pop-Up Globe. Just him sitting there, vaping on a, on a pipe um, with a great hat and a great moustache and filming it on his iPhone. Just him in the room. I couldn't believe it. We was at the Sydney My Music Bowl and even walking in there, I was like, <gasps> you know. Um, funnily enough, pretty much all of us that got the gig um, auditioned, we all pretty much saw each other there. Oh, only, wow. Yeah, it was only, I think, one um, who was right at the end of the day. But um, the rest of us were all really, really um, close together. Must have been in a good mood around that time of the day. Yeah, 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 <laughs> absolutely. Um, we were in the morning, so, you know, who knows. But um, we, uh, yeah, so I, I got offered the role of assistant directing that show, which for me was a bit of a departure from what I'd sort of done before. I'd did a, done a little bit of directing. Um, and then... Um, yeah, and then they offered me understudying uh, on Around the Globe in 60 Minutes, but then also understudying the other four shows, which was insane. That um, is, like, super swinging. It was super swinging. I ended up going on for 10 roles in the oh, end um, in the Melbourne season. Yep. Did you have much notice for any of them? Or? Uh, look, the one that we had the least notice for wasn't even a role that I was understudying, but one of the actors, Simon... Um, there was a piece of stage that was being worked on and the actors had been, you know, had been told not to walk through a certain door mm. and they were doing a jig call and it was probably a couple of minutes beforehand. They were like, oh, look, don't walk through that door mm. until we get clearance, you know, that kind of thing. And um, then the music started. And, of course, when the music starts with the jig, everyone just kicks into their normal thing and Simon walked out the door, didn't realise there was a screw sticking up out of the floor and the door bounced straight into the screw and came back and hit him in the head and he ended up having to they didn't stitch it but they ended up gluing it back together um the only reason i was at the theater in such that was 25 minutes before the show oh, no. so he had blood all down his face on his costume and um uh, the only reason I was there was because we had one of our first understudies going on, Carrie Ann Baker, who is just amazing. She was going on to play Amelia mm. um, in Othello, which is just such a big role. And so I was there um, as part of my job. Um, ADing. I, yeah, ADing, mm. getting her up to speed. So I ran all the understudy rehearsals as well. I'm getting her up to speed to go on. Um, and then we were watching the jig call and then that happened to Simon. <laughs> and the stage manager pretty much came over and handed me a script. He's like, mate, you're going to have to do it. And um, we had one of our other um, directors in, in oh, town so as well. Stressed. Yeah, yeah. So me, David um, Lawrence and I um, shared the role. David pretty much knew all the lines anyway because he's a super genius when it comes to Shakespeare so um, that was Gradiano and um, Brabantio um, that we shared um, and I went on for uh, Brabantio and um, it was terrifying there was a moment where I walked on stage with so I had the script in my hand mm. obviously um, but the guy playing Iago <laughs> handed me a fire torch because um, that's what he did with Simon. We didn't have time to rehearse it and he needed to get rid of it because he was doing something in the scene and he couldn't mm. have it. Um, so he gave it to me, but I had lines on the next page. So I, I was trying to flick <laughs> the <laughs> script with my thumb and get it onto the next page. And, oh, wow. I ended up going on for that role about five times and had oh enough God. time. Yeah, thankfully, thankfully, um, he didn't have many lines and he only appeared in the second half. So I could get it down by the next time that I had to go on. But wow, there was some moments God. like that that were just um, full on full on yeah. yeah wow 
Um, so then, uh, yeah, I mean, we have to wrap it up soon. But you went to you went to New Zealand. Uh, yeah, I went to New Zealand. So that was great. I was kind of wondering what I was going to do when the pop-up globe finished, and it was mm. such an incredible dream job that you know the come down is going to be pretty hard off the back of that. And um, yeah, they they sort of tapped me on the shoulder and said, "Hey, mate, we've got." Uh, Midsummer Night's Dream up and running. We've got The Merchant of Venice up and running. Um, we've got Macbeth up and running. We've left Comedy of Errors till last because it's the shortest Shakespeare show. Um, and we're going to need some help getting it done. So the Melbourne season was wrapping up and uh, Miles, um, who was directing Comedy of Errors, was over in Melbourne seeing the season wrap up. Um, we touched down... In New Zealand and the guys had like learned their lines and they'd done a bit of rehearsals but we had 10 days um, to get the full show up and running so they asked me to go on assistant direct and it was wild coming off the back of Melbourne mm. um, it was two days I think it was and I was on the plane and maybe two days might have even been one yeah and then I was on the plane to New Zealand and straight into that with a whole bunch of new actors that I didn't know um, and uh, with a show that I wasn't super familiar with. Um, and yeah, that was flying by the seat of our pants. And we got there and, and it's a great little production. It's really, really, really wonderful. Mm. Um, and I mean, it's such a funny play, Comedy of Errors. It's so ridiculous. Um, but uh, yeah, it went over and did that. And then uh, had a little bit of a gap and they've asked me to join them in Sydney as their resident director. So there's a Sydney season there's coming, which Sydney is exciting. Coming. Yeah. Um, so when does that all kick off? That kicks off um, September. Mm. So it opens early September. I'm not super sure on the dates. I think it's the 4th, 5th, 6th and 7th, I think. Um, and, and so what shows are they, they doing? So that's Midsummer, mm. um, Comedy of Errors, Macbeth and Merchant Venice. Oh, great shows. Yeah, it's such a... And the guys that are doing Macbeth get to do um, Comedy of Errors. I just think that is the... As an actor, performing that in rep is just yeah. incredible. Like, but also, it kind of lets you get out of the headspace and Macbeth quite easily. Absolutely. <laughs> it's and a good, I mean, good yeah, psychological balance. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's the same for the guys in Midsummer and, mm. and Merchant, but, you know, mm. um, yeah, just wonderful. Really wonderful Amazing. mix of shows. Yeah, so I'll be up there um, resident directing on that. Incredible. Well, congratulations. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. Um, and thank you so much for coming on. And of course. And sharing a bit of your acting story with us. Um, if you're in Sydney and you want to go see some of the work that Tim's putting on, uh, check it out in September. Uh, otherwise, you want to check Tim out. He's very handsome. He does have a, a page uh, which is just type his name in, Tim Page. Hey. Tim Page's page. Um, and I'll put nice. a link on the description as well. Uh, so, yeah, thank you so much for coming in. Anytime, buddy. Thanks for uh, having me. My pleasure. And uh, to everyone listening, uh, make sure you like, uh, subscribe, give me a rating. It helps me reach a, a wider audience. Leave any comments you want as well, and I'll answer them in the next episode. Until then, thanks for tuning in, and I'll catch you next time.